Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you're all having a phenomenal start to your week. This week's guest is Mr. Emerald Green Forest. I loved this conversation with Emerald because we went extremely deep into several different spiritual practices that I hadn't even heard of and several different concepts and beautiful philosophies on courage, love, truth, joy, sadness, pain, healing that one can only share from life experience. Emerald uh, used to be a very successful real estate agent, but she was dead on the inside. Her life was a mess. Her personal life was in shambles. And it wasn't until a ski accident led her to a life-changing yoga class, which inspired her to really start pursuing more holistic practices of healing and creating peace within. This left her down an amazing journey of just learning, trying different types of spiritual practices, engaging in just about every type of coaching and healing and therapy to then create our own understanding of what it means to heal through creation, what it means to really experience spiritual transformation. And I love Emerald in this episode because one, she's so honest and vulnerable around her own experiences and what she's been through. I mean, she's been through a lot and she's really had an opportunity to dive deep within and explore different concepts that, man, I was just so privileged to sit in on this conversation and learn from her, from her life experiences on And she has just a beautiful way of explaining something that's very ethereal, very complex, and beautifully understood words. And so this episode is extremely timely for me, and I am just so excited and really just excited (laughs) for all of you to also experience the brilliance that is Emerald Green Forest. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you haven't already, make sure you uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any of the podcast apps. All that means is that Anytime I release a new episode, whether it's a significant, like a smaller one or a big one or a new guest or anything special, it just drops right into your phone. And so you can enjoy it with everything you've got. If you enjoy the podcast and you want more, um, more than something once a week, join the Stay Grounded community. Just go to rajana.com forward slash stay grounded and you'll just get tons of goodies and specials and amazingness coming straight to you. I just want to send you guys a ton of love. I love you guys. I appreciate all of the support. I appreciate you guys tuning in and sending me messages around what's been great, what you've learned and, and how you're growing. And it just fills me to the brim with gratitude. And so I'm very grateful for all of you. Thank you for being in my life and thank you for staying grounded in yours. So without further ado, here is our good friend, Miss Emerald Greenforest. Enjoy. Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. Hope everyone listening is having a great day. Emerald, it's so good to have you here. Oh, Raj, it's so good to be here. I have to say immediately, you have an awesome voice for podcasting. Oh, well, I appreciate that. And I, uh, yeah, it's just, you know what it is? I actually realized this. 
For some reason, when I'm having a conversation with somebody on the show, I get really, really, really giddy because it's almost like I get to date you for an hour. Yeah. Right? Like we get to sit down and just have a conversation about all sorts of amazing things. And I mean, I yeah, it, I think it's just the kid in me that's coming out right now. So I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I already introduced you in all of your awesomeness. So I'm going to try skipping over some of the uh, the boring details. We were talking before we started recording. And one thing that really fascinates me about your journey is how you've used work as a consistent vehicle to heal yourself over time. Can you speak like how has your work been a part of your healing process and how can others sort of use their work as a means to heal themselves as well? Yeah, great question. So a number of years ago, when I first started out in the online space, Raj, I wrote this blog post about the twofold path of the spiritual entrepreneur. So most entrepreneurs who are not you know, consciously on a spiritual journey, they're just out there doing their entrepreneurial stuff, right? But anybody who has a calling, anyone who has been awakened in some way, anyone who is pursuing the expansion and growth of their own consciousness, you know, consciousness is not uh, segregated, right? <laughs> so your work and your body of work becomes a training ground for your consciousness to expand and for your healing journey to be happening. So when I first had my spiritual awakening back in 2001, it was as a result of a, a pretty big crisis that happened in my family with my son. And also I had injured myself skiing and decided to take up yoga. And so when I took up yoga, it really started to shift my life and it started to open me to possibilities that I didn't know existed. And as a result of that, I left behind a real estate career where I was very left brained. You know, I had all, I was the numbers in the boxes person, right? This opening, this spiritual awakening that I had really caused me to question everything in my life, number one. And number two, caused me to actualize latent parts of myself that I didn't even know existed. So I went from being the national chair of my trade association to starting a practice as a crystal healer, which is pretty far, yeah. far apart, right? right? But these other parts of me started to emerge. So my author emerged, my speaker emerged, my performer emerged, my a poet emerged, my artist emerged, like all of these latent parts of me that I didn't even know were possible back in the days when I was in the real estate gig. And so as I began to grow and expand, I knew I couldn't go back to the real estate business because this, the, it was soul sucking. Like I yeah. knew I was going to die. It was going to die if I stayed. And I definitely knew I couldn't go back. So I was required to find another way. I was also really inspired as my own healing started to unfold layer after layer after layer. I became on fire to help other people because I had been so miserable. I didn't realize how miserable I was until I started to heal. I wanted to help other people to be able to not only activate their own healing journey, but at the next level for them to start helping people as yeah. well. Question, what does healing mean? 
Well, I like to hold healing in the frame, in a different kind of frame than a lot of people. I like to hold healing in the frame of holding, W-H-O-L-I-N-G, which is really to make holy that which has poked holes in you. Right. Yeah. So I've had a I've had an interesting life. My dad was a raging alcoholic. My mom probably had borderline personality disorder, not diagnosed. You know, I've been through multiple relationships with men when I was less conscious that were abusive and addiction was part of the storyline. Abuse was part of the storyline or I felt alienated. As I have healed, I have peeled away those parts of myself that were conditioned by the environment I grew up in and by culture and by society and by religious structures and by the educational system. Like I started to peel away all of these false selves, shall we say, and to restore and bring into wholeness my natural gifts and my natural leadership and my natural, my true nature, my true nature began to emerge as all of these things started to fall away. And as I'm speaking this to you, I'm, I'm just seeing like, you know, a nut germinating, right? When the nut germinates, all of the parts that are not going to serve the growth of the tree fall away and disintegrate. And if you look at a nut, you'd never know that a tree was in there. Right. Mm, yeah. You said a lot of like false, it's like false and truth, right? Like it's, it's the, it's the balance between those two. And we're constantly deciphering between that as we live our lives. How does one begin to know what truth feels like? Yeah. Well, I think that's the important word right there is feels, you know, we as a culture are conditioned to be in our mental body more right. than anything. And the work the greatest work, I, th- I think for me, yoga was essential for my initiation of my healing journey because it was a calling into the body. And I'll never forget walking into that yoga class for the first time and seeing the yoga teacher at the front of the room. And at that point in my life, my whole life was a shit show. I was working like 14 hour days, seven days a week in the middle of this project, selling all these houses. My son had been sexually assaulted in daycare at three years old. My husband had a massive panic attack and ended up out of work as a result of my son's situation. Likely he had had the same thing happen to him and it was never, you know, talked about or resolved. You know, everything was just a mess in my life. And I was just on this like, go, go, go. Like, I just got to keep going because maybe if I keep going, something will shift, right? I didn't understand that I needed to actually stop. And so I walked into this yoga class and, and, you know, the universe has a way or our bodies have a way of uh, getting our attention. I ended up going skiing and hurting my knee and then ended up in physical therapy and then discovered this yoga class. So I walked into the yoga class and the woman at the front of the room, the essence of her was peace. Mm. Like she was just so, it was palpable in the room. And it was such a dichotomy and such a contrast to how my life was in that moment. And in that moment, when I walked in that room and I felt that, I felt it. 
and and I was a champion at suppressing feelings. Let's put it that way. But her her essence and her energy was so powerful and so peaceful. It got through, and I felt it, and I made a choice in that moment that I wanted what she had. Mm. And I didn't care if I had to, you know, stand on my head, turn my, you know, put my legs upside down, paint my toenails purple, dye my hair, shave my head. Didn't matter. Whatever I needed to do, I wanted what she had. Why? Because my life was such a mess. It was so, I was going nowhere fast, even though it looked good on the outside. I had lots of success on the outside. You know, I was running a multi-million dollar project. I was the national chair of my trade association. Meanwhile, my son is trying to recover from being sexually assaulted in daycare. And like, I had these two lives, right? I have this like face out here and the amount of energy that you are putting in, the amount of life force that you put in to maintain a facade while everything in the background is a nightmare, is immense. And, and you ultimately can feel it in your body that, that you're running on fumes. You know, you're on thin ice. You're yeah. running on fumes, right? I knew, I, I knew it, I, something had to change. I didn't know what or how or when. And I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so this was like a divine intervention. Mm. I feel like it was a divine intervention that I ended up in this yoga class and I, it was a peace activation. That's what I'm going to call it right now. We'll call that a peace activation. I had a peace activation. And I also, for the first time in my life, had a model. Yeah. I had a model. Not only did I have a model, but I had a system, an ancient system, right, of yoga that has intent around it. And 5,000 years of practice in the field to bring about the unity and bring about the union of the body and the spirit. So I will never forget being in this yoga class. And the teacher said, look, we're in final Shavasana. She said, look down at your heart. And, and my eyes are closed. And I, cu- I couldn't look at my own heart. Could not look. I was like, Mm-mm, that's not allowed right? Burst into tears. It was that that actually opened me, that moment of feeling completely disconnected from my own heart and then having the invitation and then having the awareness that I couldn't look at my own heart and then being able to look at my heart and be sad, right? That all of those feelings had been suppressed. I think that's the, thank you for sharing that, by the way. I your body wouldn't make feelings if they weren't meant to be felt. So I know as a culture, we've suppressed, we've vilified anger, we've suppressed sadness, we've, we, we've really kind of created this anti-culture around expression and feeling, but you just shared a really important and beautiful reminder that whatever you feel is meant to be felt because you wouldn't have had the awakening of a lifetime if you wouldn't have allowed yourself to cry in that moment really know what what feeling feels like how did you begin to develop the courage to feel in different aspects of life oh dude i'm still doing that (laughs) (laughs) let's be real okay (laughs) i'm still exercising that muscle it's like you know when something has been atrophied and culturally suppressed right and and so it's not just exercising it for yourself 
but it's also becoming okay with standing apart from the massive cultural messaging and energizing of, you know, shut yourself off, shut yourself off. Just like, like the culture just wants your head, right? It just wants your head. Cause if it just has your head, then it can create whatever it's creating. That's heartless and soulless. Mm, Right. But if your hearts are engaged, then you can't possibly go along with some of the nefarious things that are happening in the world. You just can't. So it's a practice, Raj. And I think the most important thing I want to say to the listeners is that the body is a key. The body is a key. And one of the things I loved about you and about my interview with you on my podcast, Men on Purpose podcast, was how you have taken this activity that is ubiquitous and you have married it with an invitation to ritual. Yeah. And it's it's kinesthetic and it's aromatic and it is multi-sensory, but you have created this massive invitation for people to be present with themselves right at the start of their day. And through the body, through the ingestion of the coffee, through the creation of the coffee, you know. So anything that will allow us, I, I was listening to something the other day about having our our hearts come through our hands. And the most important thing we can do is put our hands on things, on real tangible things, put our hands in the dirt, put our hands in the in the process of whatever it is that we're creating for our life. Our hands and our body and our our senses have to be engaged. So part of my healing journey was I ended up becoming apprenticed to a woman to learn crystal healing and then uh, shamanic medicine work. As we were going through the medicine work, the work was really about stripping away everything that was in the way of me being a female, of me being a woman of me being a sensory being. Yeah. And so it's important, I think, to not only talk about feelings, but to remember when we're talking about feelings, we're still up in our head and to invite in what is the the embodiment of this? How do we support ourselves to craft a lifestyle and craft a way of being you know my new body of work is the wealthy life method and it's create my tagline is create your life like a work of art how do we set ourselves up to have in place support systems for ourselves to allow this disintegration and this reintegration or uh, reawakening of our nature of our true nature, which is feeling. We're sensory beings. When you say true nature, it's interesting. Like it's almost like you're marrying the artistic expression of self with our biological need as as a human species. When you say art, what does that mean in the context of of healing? Because I, I when I think about it like there's a lot of things that can be healing, right? Like art can be the way I build a company. Art can be music. It can be the choices I make. It can be me taking a left turn instead of a right turn because it's essentially creation of anything, right? So like, what is art to you and how does this fit 
and this holistic picture of really connecting back with what all, what's always been there? Well, art is a mystery, right? Art is the mystery. Science tries to reduce everything to discrete units, yeah. right? And I love science, don't get me wrong. I'm a scientist as well. You know, I, biochemistry was my major in college. I thought I was at one point thought I was going to grow up to be a pharmacist. But what art is, is it is, as you said, it's the act of creation and anything can be art. I like to say every act can be a prayer. Every mm. act can be a prayer. So art is the movement of, of your infinite spirit, of the mystery through us. Why do you want to take a left instead of a right? Well, we don't need to know why. We just need to know that this is what feels true in this moment. This is what feels where I'm inspired in this moment. So art can be painting. It can be poetry. It can be dance. It can be crafting an intentional business. It can be speaking. It can be making a garden. It can be all of the possibilities of the ways that we can express ourselves. And the invitation is to permit the invitation is to allow. The invitation is to say yes to the inspiration. And what happens when we get too far into our left brain and too deeply into the one plus one equals two quantifying everything is we shut off ultimate possibility, right? We, we reduce the infinite to a quark, which is, you know, is not in service to the full expression of who we are and why we came to be incarnated. So dressing can be an art. The word art to me is about owning my power as a creative channel in the world, as a vehicle through which, as a vessel through which the divine and the infinite expresses. And my only work is to keep the channel clear. Everything is art. As you were talking, I was thinking love is art. The way you love somebody is so much different than the way I would love somebody. The way you parent, the way you eat, the things you eat, the places you're called to go to. It's almost like that voice inside. Intuition becomes the the paintbrush of, of the artist inside of all of us, when you really engage in tapping into intuitive sense of knowing or that intuition inside you, it just creates something that hasn't been experienced before because you're experiencing it in a way that's so connected to what you know is true. How do you harness the power of intuition? That's something a lot of people probably struggle with is, 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 is really trusting or maybe even knowing that it exists and how to differentiate it between fear and, and truth? So I believe firmly that we are all born equipped with all of what I call the, the super senses, yeah. or the multi, multi-dimensional senses. So to put words around it, there are four main multi-dimensional senses and a few sub ones. So the four main ones are clairvoyance, which is clear seeing, clair audience, which is clear hearing, clear cognizance, which is clear knowing, and clear sentience, which is clear feeling. So most people are very strong in one and sometimes two of those and weaker in the other two. So the work is to first 
recognize you have those senses. You have the senses, right? Everybody has them. They have been culturally and religiously and societally suppressed, just like our feelings, same thing, suppressed, repressed, and depressed, right? Because if we actually owned our own capacity to know our own truth in any moment, then we're completely uncontrollable, right? We are creating our own reality at that point, and we are following our own truth at that point, and we are not going to be able to be harnessed by a few to do whatever they need us to do because we, we can't do it, right? Because we're following our own true nature. So these four senses that we have, I think the word, I'll just say that the, the journey for me was I actually had friends that showed up, started to show up right around the time I had my spiritual awakening who were uh, clairvoyant, highly clairvoyant. And they were seeing all this stuff and I wasn't seeing squat. And I was like, I thought there was something wrong with me. Right. But then by divine intervention, this book came off the shelf at the bookstore and I started reading it. And there was a section about clear cognizance, which is clear knowing it was finally identified for me. And clear knowing is like, you just know, you don't know how you know, you just know. Yeah. And, and I discovered, oh my God, that's my, that's mine, right? That's yeah. mine is clear, clear cognizance. That's my highest uh, one. But then because I, I chose to intentionally acknowledge that I have all of them and I began to work with practices to enhance and exercise them, and I started to intend to strengthen the other ones, I began to have clairvoyance uh, come on board more uh, strongly and clear audience come on board more strongly. And then one day, clear aromatic showed up, which is, your, it's like a clear smelling. And I, I remember walking into my living room and smelling the man that I was dating at the time. And he was like, 4,000 miles away or something. And I was like, like, it was like the room smelled just like him. And he hadn't been there in, in several weeks. And so clear aromatic is you can smell the smells that you need to smell that yeah. will guide you in some way that will guide you in some way. The work is first, you own it, that you have these senses. Secondly, see if you can discern which are your strongest. Thirdly, start to practice. I, I like to set up um, in my imagination what I call the multidimensional signal receiver. And it's got four dials, just like an old stereo. And each one of the dials represents one of the clairs. And I look and I say, okay, which one is turned up right now? And which one is turned way down? And then I start to adjust the dials to see how I can amplify maybe my clairvoyance or maybe my clairaudience and turn down the clear sentience a little bit sometimes. So start to play. This is important. Play, play is important. And having that childlike sense of wonder and adventure and exploration about your own self, about your own abilities, about your own capacities, about your own gifts, yeah. about your own gifts. And, and remember, even though we all have them, even though any one of us could pick up a violin and stroke the violin and some kind of noise would come out, not all of us are going to be Joshua Bell able to play a Stradivarius, right? So some of us are more naturally gifted and some of us are practicing more and some of us are both, you know, we're naturally gifted and we're practicing more. And that's to say that you can enhance these senses and your intuition by practice and by trusting what you get. 
So if you suddenly feel, clairsentient, suddenly feel like when you walk into a space, oh, this is a bad, bad juju in this space, right? You need to trust and get away. Even if mm. you've made, made arrangements, yeah. even if you've made arrangements to meet somebody or whatever, you've got to build your own trust muscle in your own knowing guidance. Yep. Yeah. In your own knowing. Yeah. It's interesting. I've never heard it split out like that. But when you mentioned the clear knowing, I've experienced that all the time. Like sometimes I'll say stuff that I'm like, how the hell did I say this? Like, where is this coming from? Like, I'll just start, I'll start somewhere and I'll finish somewhere else. And it's a consistent, it's really funny that you explicitly called that one out is like, cause that's something that comes up for me. But I just want to add, I think most people are afraid to own the fact that they've always known or they have these powers because if you own the fact you have the power to create your life, then you have to own the fact that whatever you have in your hands was unintentionally or intentionally a product of many of the choices that were made in your past. And that's a scary thing to feel. That's a very scary place to be for a lot of people. And I think that stops them from wanting to trust that knowing, like I had that gut instinct that I should have left that person, or I had that, that inner knowing that I was right. Or I had that, or like I did feel something and they don't trust it because if they trust that man, and if they end up being right about it, what does that mean about themselves? And that's just, that's hard. I can hear what you're saying, Raj. And I just think it's a celebration when we get to the point where we have the awareness, right? It's a celebration. It's like, oh shit. I've been unconsciously creating my life up until now. So yes, we do have to have the come to, you know, come to mama moment, right? That says, oh, I actually have power. Oh, like I did. My life is a shit show. Oh my God, my life is a shit show, right? So we have to get out of denial. We have to get out of denial. And then we have to begin the process tenderly. Oh, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Really be kind to yourself because there are forces that are continually messaging that you are less than you are. Yeah. There are forces that are constantly pouring into the collective these messages that you need an intermediary to speak to to source or your body is no good or your hair doesn't look right or whatever. You know, you're not smart enough. You're not cute enough. You're not talented enough. All of this is being pounded into the collective constantly. So some of the work is to detox from all of that, right? right? To, to get very clear about, whoa, what am I, what am I allowing in to my garden? What am I allowing in to the garden of my mind? What am I allowing in to the body that I am, that is the temple of my spirit? And when we have the awakening, right, we must have forgiveness for the person that we were before the awakening. We didn't know any better. If you knew better, you'd do better. Exactly. Exactly. So for me, when we get to that moment of, of awakening where it's like, I can do something different here. So what happened for me with this yoga teacher was I made the decision. So this is important. We have to look with the cold eye and, and discern, oh, I'm in a shit show, right? Like get it out of denial. We're awake now. My eyes are open. This is a shit show. Here's a contrast. This is something 
that really is turning me on. Like I want to go in the direction of whatever she's got going on because I really want that, right? And and then it's a decision. It's saying, I am deciding now that I will do whatever I need to do in order to create. We are artists. We are creators to create that. And so what that allowed me to do, Raj, was I, you know, some people want the car or the seven figure business or the 10 figure business or the, you know, million likes on Instagram or the new house or the special dog that's been bred for a thousand years to get just the right tail. But really underneath it all, people are looking for a certain value that they have not identified to themselves. So I said, I want peace. And when I said, I want peace, everything became so easy Mm. because all I had to do was in every moment with every act, with every relationship, with every experience, with every other choice that was coming at me, because choices are coming at us 24-7, right? Was to ask myself, is this bringing me closer to peace or further away from it? Mm, That's so powerful. It's the filter. Is peace the ultimate thing to strive for in life? It was for me in that moment and in that time. It was. So what do you strive for today? Joy. Mm. Joy and peace and love and beauty and harmony and delight. Do you think they're all synonyms for the same sort of feeling? Uh, No, I think they're actually, you know, it's just like you were saying before that we all are unique, right? We're all one breath, right? So let's be clear. We are all one breath. We are all a unified whole is the body of humanity, right? And yet every single one of us is distinct and unique. So I think it's the same thing with values and feelings because my definition of joy and your definition of joy may not be exactly aligned vibrationally, but they're both in the same level of the spectrum, right? Frequency, yeah. The same frequency of the spectrum. And, And so I think that joy and delight and peace and harmony are are distinct. They are distinct vibrations. And now we're just getting into the refinement, right? So the awakening journey, we're in that gross stage of challenge to dismantle what doesn't serve anymore. And then it's kind of like the sculptor that takes off all of the all of the rock that's not the sculpture, right? But then when we get to close to the end of the completion of the sculpture. Now he's just sanding these little tiny little spots, right? So now we're in the refinement when we're starting to align to a particular value and then successfully creating that in our life, right? Because we are in creation all the time. So I got to a point where before it was 29 days out of 30, it was a shit show. And one day I felt kind of like, okay, I can relax for a few minutes to within probably about 75, maybe 90 days of this practice of, is this bringing me closer to peace or further away, closer to peace or further away? I I had 29 days where I felt pretty darn good. Yeah. And then, you know, so now I'm getting results. But that's the beautiful, it's just, it's, it's so simple. It may not be easy in the beginning, right? But it's, it's so simple Just am I living in the direction of the choice I want to make? 
right? Am I living in the direction of choice or am I living in a different direction of anti-choice or autopilot or subconscious repatterning or anything? I think just coming back to that simple power that we all have to make choices and, and, and just live in that, in that freedom of choice. Yeah. And I think what I want to say too, is that we need to be, one of the things I like to say is, are your actions in alignment with your intentions? So that's a question that I ask myself. Am I, are my actions in alignment with my intentions? You know, you asked earlier about the feeling thing and I said, I'm still practicing, right? I'm still practicing. Have I put things in place in my life to help me stay on course? How do I treat myself when I go off course? Am I being compassionate with myself? Am I being kind to myself? Am I holding the intention for my growth to be filled with self-nurturance? Like, I don't want to hurt myself anymore. I don't want to hurt myself anymore. And I don't want other people to be hurting themselves in the quest for growth either. So can we be okay with taking, sometimes it's, sometimes literally it's a breath at a time. Sometimes it's a step at a time. And sometimes it's a massive leap in consciousness that we have. And I will tell you, I've had leaps in consciousness and then I couldn't land the darn thing. Yep. (laughs) I couldn't land the leap. Right. And so that's what I love about your podcast. Stay grounded. It's like, the grounding piece, right? The getting the shift to be fully embodied is a whole nother level. And we must be kind and gentle with ourselves and with others and cultivate compassion for ourselves and for others because we're all doing the very best that we can in a time, I like to call the time that we live in the creative age, right? We are now in the creative age. We have We have evolved out of the industrial age and people are still catching up, but we are in the creative age now. And as conscious creators, we have the capacity to every single moment, make a new choice. Every single moment, choose to be more compassionate with ourselves. Every single moment, ask ourselves, okay, so I was aiming for peace and now I'm feeling that. Do I want anything else? And always try to keep it as simple as possible yeah. because the more we complexify, the more we complexify, right? And then we can't, we can't sort out what the, the change might need to be and we actually have to disintegrate all the complexity and go back to what was my original intention? Am I in alignment with that? Or you know, can I start again? I just love and I appreciate this because... I traditionally like to have a set of values that I strive for, but in the striving for all the values, I sometimes, it makes it harder to strive for any of them because you're trying to be multiple things in a moment. But I love the simplicity of what you're saying and just that you get to choose what you want to feel in this moment, but it doesn't have to be what you want to feel in another moment. Like you can choose to design your life exactly for what feels right. And the process of feeling what's right is the process of creation. And that is the, the full circle. I want to ask one, just a question, as you mentioned it, you said being kind to yourself in growth. Sometimes growth forces you into situations that maybe aren't easy. They're hard. They're tough. They require you to grieve or go through things. Like how can you differentiate growth between like 
Like if I'm constantly choosing to pursue something where it's like causing me to grieve a lot and put myself in that, how do I know I'm not just creating sadness for myself as opposed to like, if I could just make the simple choice to choose joy, like, but then if I keep doing that, am I running away from the sadness? Like, how do you balance growth when joy just feels good all the time? So I want to be joyful, but what if sadness and grieving and forgiveness is really what I need? Yeah, so I think joy is actually the full measure of accepting all of what is and all of what is includes all of the emotions, right? So we can be joyful in our sadness. Mm. We can celebrate that we have the capacity to feel that deeply. Wow, yeah. So it's not about denying any particular emotion. It's about cultivating a embodiment of acceptance and celebration for whatever is presenting itself because we are in a dynamic dance with this creation process. Like I I make art. I don't know what's going to happen with my art. The other day I sat down, I had these little canvases I got for like uh, at the dollar store, they had this whole big thing of canvases. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to get those little canvases. And I got these little canvases and I sat down and I wanted to just do something different with my art. So I, I just started like just dropping paint on. And then I, I said, I've never used a knife, a palette knife. I'm going to just play with the palette knife. Right. So I don't know what's going to happen. And I have all these colors on and the first like four of them turned into like brown muck, right? It turned into brown muck. Sometimes our choices turn into brown muck and we have to accept that they've turned into brown muck and, you know, decide, do I want to keep this or do I want to throw it out? Or do I want to do something different with it? Do I want to put more paint on it? You know, we're always in this, it's, it's not static. It's not static. And so I also want to go back to you saying that you're striving for growth. And I'd like to invite just the the thought form of instead of striving, maybe you just allow growth. Mm. Maybe you just allow what's naturally going to happen anyway, Mm. because you are fully in the yes to life because you are fully in the yes to your own creative capacity, because you are fully in the yes to accepting even the brown muck if it shows up, because you are fully in the yes to creating your own life like it's a work of art, and because you are fully in the yes to to things changing as you grow and as you evolve and as you create new experiences, because every time a new experience is created, I mean, you coming into my life has already had a ripple effect on my life. Me coming into your life, us coming into the lives of the people that are listening, we are creating a ripple effect of change in every moment. And so let's try to be kind and gentle with ourselves and compassionate with ourselves and hold our awareness in our hearts, as well as in our minds, in a unified way, so that we are making the choices that we're making from what I like to call divine inspiration. I have a little like five-step thing that I do in my Wealthy Life Method called Align. 
And, and it starts with asking questions and then letting love lead, mm. letting love lead. And then the I is take inspired action only. So we are culturally conditioned to always be in action and it's not always inspired action. And this causes people to spend years of their lives going through college, getting a medical degree, becoming a doctor, and then discovering they were meant to be a poet. Well, on that note though, let me ask you this. Cause so somebody, let's say somebody's on, like they're in a place they don't want to be. Like they have a job they don't like, but they've decided to invest in some sort of like a side hustle, right? That hustle was probably created in a moment of inspiration, right? But the daily work that goes into creating something long-term may not always feel inspired, right? Like, I think, I think it's so important to listen to your heart and that voice and infuse it into your work, but the daily work doesn't always have to feel inspired, does it? So when I say take inspired action only, what I mean by that is don't be taking action just for action's sake. Mm. And what I mean by that is, you know, the inspiration to start your side hustle is what is the fuel that's carrying you through those moments of learning, Yeah. right? Don't discount that you will come up against sometimes uh, a little bit of friction in the learning process, but remember that this friction is in service to this larger inspiration, yeah. right? Got it. So if you have, let's say a family, let's say you have a family. Well, yeah, we know the dishes have to be done, right? The dishes have to be done. We can do the dishes with the holding ourselves in the intention of this is an act of service in service to the harmony of my family. Got it. Yep. So right. It's, it's, and now we're yeah. devoted. Now we're in a, now every act is a prayer and we're in a state of devotion rather than resentment. If you are in resentment, you're on the wrong track. Yeah. That's awesome. No, you're, you just nailed it. I think that's the distinction. It's the, it's the energy with which, or the perspective with which, or maybe even the intention with which you do something. And we always have the power to set an intention. That's really what you're saying. Oh, Emerald, you're the best. I need more of you in my life. All right. So uh, we didn't even get to really talk about all the amazing things you're doing. So, uh, man, but can you, uh, guys, if you've been listening to this conversation, you know that there's just so much wisdom from this wonderful human being. What's going on in your world, Emerald? How can we get involved and how can we start integrating a lot of the things that you've talked about on this podcast through some of the work you do and the things you're offering? Sure. Well, I've just developed a quiz, which people love quizzes because they're fun. Yeah. And it's called your wealth readiness quiz. So um, a lot of people confuse wealth with money. Uh, money is part of it. For me, a wealthy life includes all of the, the sum total of all of the resources that we have available to us, which is our time, our health, our intuitive power, uh, our money, the energy exchange of money, and fun with family, friends, and fellow travelers on the journey. So the Wealth Readiness Quiz will take you through a process very short, about seven minutes or less, and you'll get a result that uh, will allow you to know where you're at, the score that will allow you to know where you're at in the Wealth Readiness Journey. Also, some offers for support around that. And so people can go ahead to uh, quiz 
wealthylifementor.com, quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And I also have two podcasts. So uh, Raj was on the Men on Purpose podcast. It's downloaded in 86 countries around the world. It's an Apple Top 100 podcast. So tune in to Men on Purpose podcast if you're a man and you want to um, align more fully with your purpose. Or if you're a woman, you can listen to me and my massively uh, wise women guests on Wickedly Smart Women podcast. So that's where folks can go if they want to connect with me, or they can just go to my website, wealthylifementor.com. Beautiful. Well, guys, we'll make all of these uh, links available in the show notes so nobody is frantically writing them down. Emerald, I have one last question for you. In the midst of everything you've experienced, everywhere you're going and everywhere you've been, how do you stay grounded? I take time out in nature as often as I possibly can. I love to have my feet on the earth. I love to be with the tree beings. I love to just spend time in my in my true nature, right? And out in, in the world, in nature. And I, of course, I still have my yoga practice, which uh, I just switched to yin yoga, which has been super valuable for me. So yeah, gosh, I love it. I, lo- I just love how you're constantly saying yes. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful example, and I'm very grateful that I got a chance to just witness you in your magic. Thank you so much for being here, Emerald. Thank you for having me, everybody. That is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Emerald, and from us, Stay Grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.